it, the power and control is really in your hands. And that's, I think, one of the main driving forces of why I just threw this out here to the world and everyone, because it's like everyone should benefit from this. It's just a few words. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, dogs, cats, robots, and everybody in between, especially you users of the world's greatest prompt, Synapse Core Professor Synapse himself, welcome to HTTTA, How to Talk to AI. I am your host, Wes the Synthvine, Synthvine West. And as always, in a galaxy glowing with gigabytes and guided by algorithms, one gallant and glowing voice, Goda, gears up to guide you through the grand gauntlets of AI. Get ready to grip your digital future from the galaxy of genius. Here's your gracious hostess with the Moses, the tech goddess. Go to go. G, how are you this week? I'm fantastic. We have someone really, really special on do. this podcast. Everybody should say hi to Joseph Rosenbaum, the man behind ChatGPT turned AutoGPT. Thanks for having me. Joe, for those who don't know, is a wonderful bald-headed genius here for our listeners only. You could probably even see the sheen coming off of that majestic Let's dome get some, of his. Ooh, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> but the professor, as he is affectionately known, is a bit of a mad scientist when it comes to uh, what he can do with just the written language alone and these generative AI tools. I was fortunate enough to be privy to a video that you guys just put out on YouTube together, Gota and Joe, that is storming up the charts, where you basically, through one of your prompts, get ChatGPT to work like software. You want to tell us a little bit about where the origin of Synapse Core came from and what kind of led it to this point? Yeah, before I do that, I want to try a Gota alliteration. It's not nearly as good as your ChatGPT oh field one. Oh my God. Line. Okay, do we but, have Professor Synapse do it? Oh, no, this is me. This is just from okay, okay, my okay. human brain, but it's very simple. The Godacious okay. go to go, the gal from Germania. That's mine. Germania, <laughs> nice. I like go. also Godacious go to go. <laughs> I just needed to get one in. Uh, to answer your question, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a very uh, long, long journey. And by long, I mean, what is it? Six, seven months? <laughs> like. In AI yeah. time, um, so uh, a lot of this came from uh, the, like from the beginning. I think we were all getting a little annoyed with ChatGPT and like prompt engineering. It's like, I have to do all these things to get to do the things I want. It's never giving me the things I want. Uh, so I always kind of thought about it in terms of like, how do I make this so that it understands what I'm trying to achieve and can help me just achieve that thing. Fast forward to now, I've gone through multiple iterations several different types, but really what made it click for me was, I think we said this in your video, working with our friend Tyler over here at SynthMinds. And the way he was thinking about it was we needed it for this thing we're doing, but we need like this fill in the blank prompt lib type of scenario where we're not necessarily defining the variables. We're letting some sort of conductor or person on the top or agent on the top being the one to define all that based on the information it has. And so I figured, hey, I've done stuff with variables before and have been playing with this idea forever. I'm like, what if I just make it simple and it's just like we have a conductor who figures out what you want to do 
And then it's just going to summon the agent or agents that are going to help you achieve that thing and really lay it out for you so that you're not the one who has to struggle with answering or trying to get the right answers from ChatGPT. Instead, ChatGPT is trying to figure out what you need and then basing its answers off of that. So it's been a, it's been a wild ride. I did not expect this to blow up as much as it has. And uh, it's been so exciting to see the different use cases people have been doing with it and how popular it's become. And I'm happy we've been able to, uh, to share it with the world. I've just to uh, give some stats, you have 416 stars on GitHub, well over 10,000 views. And I think about 40K and climbing on YouTube on the video you guys did together. It's over 50K now. Yeah, that was so yesterday, Wes. Maybe I just checked it yesterday. <laughs> I'm already, like I said, the storming up the charts. So go to what kind of uh, made you want to reach out to Joe and go like, if people try this prompt and we're going to put the link to the GitHub and link to the video in the show notes and um, descriptions, you'll immediately see what we're talking about. But what immediately said to you, go to, hey, I got to, I want to get, get a video uh, about this with Joe. Uh, how are you using the prompt in your day-to-day? Yeah, so first of all, you know, I saw the prompt, shared in our little inner circle, I tested it. And so this was just, oh, wow. Um, So just clicked from that point. But the video making was, you know, like also now our audience knows we launched Corey's course. So obviously, you know, all three of us are involved and me, being blessed with the audience and the platform, that was an idea to promote it. And I was like, oh, it's so hard to ask people. And I was like, I just feel bad of just, you know, hey, sign up for a course. It didn't feel right. When I was going through the course material, I thought that this is something um, that people can just copy paste and use it and already get immediately valuable because I think with other methodologies, this is what we are teaching. People can learn it and those can be incredibly powerful. So yeah, so that was the idea. And then I went to, to Joe and I was like, hey, can we for free share this problem? Like, I understand it's in a course. It's a like amazing thing for a course, but I really thought that, okay, if we give so much value in a video, that people maybe will overlook that, you know, promo, that, hey, buy my course type of thing and actually be more curious that, okay, so if we are giving this for free and what is out there even more if you actually engage with us and you learn from us and maybe you can create prompts like this, which is called meta prompts. And fast forward, now that we are two weeks in a course, I think it's worth also giving Wes you credit for how amazing that you are handling this and leading, but also Joe for putting the content also together. I keep hearing feedback, like I'm getting messages all the time, how much people love this course. And even I remember one lady, she is designing courses for, I think, military. And I was like, okay, so what do you think? She was like, no, this is one of the best things I've seen. And you guys do this first time? <laughs> right. And even now, like I start seeing people sharing on LinkedIn, their stories, what they learned. I want to empathize with you, Goda, because the same thing for me, Wes probably knows this, but I'm not really in it for the money. I want to make yes. enough money to just do this stuff because I really enjoy doing this stuff. It's very engaging. So I just don't like asking for money. Uh, and so it, I think very early on, Wes and I looked at this and we're like, we need this to be more valuable to people than $300 in yes. three weeks mm-hmm. of their time. 
And so we went in and we'll, we'll tell you right now, as we're going through this, we overdid it. Like we put too much content for a yes. three week course in here. So we actually, it's a good thing to have. It's always easier to cut than it is to add, but we've just been blown away, not just by the value people have gotten from it, but the community that's starting to spring mm -hmm. up and yeah. around the people that we're teaching. They're just, they are, I guess our enthusiasm is infectious and we're starting to see how excited that, people are. Yeah, that is and was always the plan. I wanted to create an antidote for the noise that's out there of just getting rich, getting mine with some prompts. And, you know, that kind of takes away from the possibilities of AI where people can use it to completely transform their day-to-day -day workflows, their lives, spend more time with those that they love because their core, their stuff that they have to do is now offloaded and done by a machine. I think we are saying it's like a, it's like a monsoon of value and information that we've been putting out there, but it's it definitely was inspiring to have AI enthusiasts be like this. I went in with low expectations, shattered and blown away. You guys are awesome. And just for, if you've been listening to the pod long enough, you've probably seen us advertise this in the show notes. You've seen us talk about it. Uh, we broke the record on up limit for the uh, most enrollments in a, uh, course being offered for the first time. This will be done again and again, hopefully. Um, and it's hopefully just the beginning in spreading the good word of everything that G over there and the good professor can do. And yourself them. included. Yeah, I and guess so. Self. I guess, Get I mean, some credit. Talk about this stuff too. Yeah. So this kind of reflecting back, like this is the thing, you put videos out there and you don't really know what is going to click. And that this click, now the keyword, you know, turning chat GPT into auto GPT is trending and is a search term on its own. There are other YouTubers started making videos about this Professor yeah. Synapse. So I can imagine how warm of a puzzly feeling Joe should have because it's so rewarding when you put something out there like that. But I also want to, like, I don't know if this person who commented, it's Michael slattery 3050 if you ever listen to this podcast i'm sending huge kudos to you because he commented under the video this turns ChatGPT into an agent like a less powerful auto gpt but actually more useful and this sparked an idea in my head oh, okay i need to change title this he summarized it perfect because we in the first video we didn't even say this about auto gpt agents but this was just like a, this light bulb, and now it is the whole thing. So thank you, Michael, so much for that. Totally. I want to ask, Joe, what are some of the interesting use cases that you've seen Professor Synapse adapted for or that you've employed you know, the Synapse Core prompt to do? Yeah, a lot. So externally, I want to see more. I actually... Uh, for my podcast, I interviewed the prompt. Uh, so I'm going to be releasing a podcast of me interviewing the prompt. But I really want to get, and this is to, to you all as well, as like start to see how people are using it out in the wild. I really want to get to understand not just individual use cases, but um, how the community is forming surrounded and the cool innovations people have. Um, but personally, I use it for pretty much everything now. I rarely write a normal prompt anymore. And one of the Same. main things I'm actually using it for is to build out all of this course content, you know, that we're creating um, for the future and taking a lot of the methods that, uh, that we teach in the course around, like trying to outline everything, 
but making sure like I am in charge of that outline. I'm the one who's putting the information there and agreeing on the information, but then using it to help quickly generate things that I can evaluate and then put into the course material. And it just supercharges everything and makes things go by so much faster and so much, it's so much more interactive and fun. You're like talking to someone about it. You just have like an unlimited little partner by your side. I don't want to give it too much away, but one of our, our classmates, he uh, has some learning disabilities and he was like, and we t- I was talking to him about it. He was like, wait a minute. So you're telling me I can put anything in the rules, anything? And he, well, I'm better off when things are like output in this format and they look like this and that. I can do that. It's like, yeah, just say rule output like this. He's like, oh, mind blown. And so I think the most exciting thing for me, as I said in that video, is the rules that people are going to come up with on their own to help it best fit them and their preferences rather than someone else dictating for them or what the average preference might be for most people. It, the power and control is really in your hands. And that's, I think, one of the main driving forces of why I just threw this out here to the world and everyone, because it's like everyone should benefit from this. It's just a few words. It's literally all it is. It's just a few mm-hmm. words. I feel like you can't gatekeep something like that. Yeah. And I think for the listeners, in just in a moment, let's go through the prompt, just like maybe not reading the whole thing, but just explaining a little bit of the sections. But before we get into that, so Joe, I don't know if you've seen that one of uh, our course attendees, and I'm going to make a shout out. So Tristan White, if you are listening, uh, I'm sending huge kudos to you because he used the structure of Professor Synapse to create helpful Henry. Act as helpful Henry. You are my advocate and liaison. Your role is to attentively listen to my questions and thoughts and stuff like that. And he created a lot of commands and rules. So this is just fascinating to see how idea sparks and it starts evolving and growing out of that. Have you seen this, Joe, before? I did actually, because in one of his projects, I really like the color coding idea. And generally, I love it, love it, love it when people toss emojis <laughs> in as a way to symbolically communicate something uh, in a way different than through text, especially because it is so text heavy in ChatGPT. Yeah. For listeners, we will include also in, in the show notes, the link to examples and of course the GitHub page. But Wes, why don't we go through the prompt so that yeah. anybody who first time hears it knows just how to navigate it and how to understand it? Because it is quite long prompt and symbols and emojis and it could be overwhelming. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, for those watching at home, I have the, uh, on or watching us on YouTube rather, I have the prompt up here. So the first thing, aside from Professor Synapse getting started, we have our role prompt up front, the conductor of expert agents. Your job is to support the user in accomplishing their goals by aligning their goals and preference and calling upon an expert agent perfectly suited to the task by anitalizing synapse underscore core, C-O-R. Um, and that is equal to quote dollar sign squirrely squiggly bracket emoji squiggly bracket i am an expert in now so let's talk about those delimiters really quick so what i always found really interesting is anytime someone's prompting like they're coding kind of in a pseudo code if you will i mean the machine understands this innately so why wouldn't you use some of these things if they're privy to you 
first, why don't you tell us what the purpose of the delimiters um, and the symbols within this first paragraph is? Yeah, again, it all comes back to thinking about this uh, like a hyper-advanced AI-infused game of ad-libs. So you're like taking out the nouns, the adjectives, the verbs, and you're just putting a conceptual term there that can be filled in as a blank by Professor Synapse. And so the idea is, I mean, you don't even have to do the number sign in squiggly brackets. I bet you could just do any sort of unusual symbol. It could be, let's see, like ampersands or mm -hmm. exclamation marks or whatever. It doesn't really matter. This just came from because uh, when we were originally building it, it was in JSON. And so we were kind of taking uh, some of the link from, from JSON. For those of you who don't know, you can look that up. Um, but I think you could do anything. And really, it's more about this is the fill in the blank for how we're going to boot up the house. Professor Synapse is going to boot up this expert agent. I love so it. I love it. I can just explain yeah. them just quickly one by one. We got the emoji. Again, you could change that to a name plus emoji or whatever. The idea is you're identifying this agent by some sort of like moniker, right? You're naming the agent that that itself is kind of like a variable. And then and the role, like we talked, oh, sorry, go ahead, Wes. No, I was just going to say, I don't want to under underscore the importance of actually naming your roles when you're doing some prompting. Uh, those who've done this a little while, maybe know that, hey, that, that role prompting where you give the chat GPT a little persona, hey, type me a resume cover letter or might, what might work a little better. Hey, you're a marketing expert with this many years of experience. Type me a resume cover letter. If you give that agent a name that actually helps the computer bifurcate or for lack of a better term, keep everything organized as you're interacting with it because it knows, okay, this name refers to this paragraph or this set of instructions. Uh, absolutely. The role is su super important and at least at this point, research-based. So I always like, I'm a little concerned about saying, oh, like we got this for the research because the research changes so quickly yes. and the models change so quickly. But at least at this point in time, as of September 4th, 2023. So yeah, we have a bunch of different variables here, which kind of comes into like just best practices around your prompting. Like we were just saying, you want the role, you want to provide some context about the scenario you're trying to work within. You want to have a clear goal in terms of what you're trying to accomplish and what success would look like. And then you want some, similarly, some sort of like end state. It's like, okay, now we know we've achieved this part of the goal, which is that completion. And then the, the thing that makes it the COR is the chain of reason in terms of these reasoned steps right there. This one's really important. I think you could do like thought steps, but I don't know. This is complete intuition. This is not based at all on research. But for me, the words thought and think versus reason is going to pull on a different set of concepts, words, and whatever. It just feels like reason, the words that it's associated with in the complex architecture of a large language model is probably higher level thinking than just think. And so I, for those of you who don't know, there's this idea of chain of thought. You get ChatGPT to essentially think about its steps first before outputting the final thing you want. So I was trying to put my own spin on that and maybe it's actually better and just call it chain of reason because mm -hmm. it's really about reasoning through the different steps, not just about thinking about those steps. And then it ends with just what's the first step and what's the question that's going to lead you to start on that first step. And then we have commands and rules. The commands is basically like also in my video, I said, this is how 
you interact with a prompt, how you start. We have start, save, reason, settings, and new. And I have to ask you, I will use this opportunity to ask you. In my first video, there was shuffle. But <laughs> yeah. then, uh-huh. I've already been that, changing it. <laughs> I was, you know, like editing and I showed uh, GitHub and it wasn't there. And people picked on that. Like, did you remove it for like reason? Like what is with that part? Yeah. So again, in terms of making this as accessible to you all as possible, let me just explain the general concept of commands, which is that they can be literally anything you want them to be. All you got, you probably don't even have to do forward slash. And this time I call it forward slash. Someone else called me out of the yes. first video. I was like, oh, it's just genius says yeah. forward slash. You just do that and a word that represents the command. And then you define that, whatever that command you want it to be. So I had shuffle before, which would essentially be like, I don't really like this agent that I'm working with, right? You know, they're not doing what I want them to do. So it'd shuffle out a new agent. But honestly, I've gotten rid of almost all of these because the only two that I found that I was actually using were start and save. Mm -hmm. And then by getting rid of most of these, which actually take up a lot of space in the system prompt and then the custom instructions, I added a few more rules in, in my personal one so that it was a little bit you know, more aligned with my tastes. Again, especially because like in the middle of a conversation, you can add your own command like at any point. So I'd rather have the rules be the things that are coming every time versus uh, the command. I don't know. That was my thinking. Yeah. And just stepping back to the Tristan post, the commands he has is like remix, audit, next, quick check, focus, know me, show table. So, you know, it can go as crazy as you want in, the, in your creativity. But for the rules, this is something I'm playing right now also because I want to integrate critic mode into the rules. <laughs> that whatever you give me, like final output, that I don't have to say that, hey, wait, this, or let's have a banter. Like I want it itself to go, okay, now that this is the final one, this is what's wrong with that. This is my suggestions and next steps to improve. And another thing, and we chatted about this, one of the top upvoted comments was about save function. So what's the, uh, what's the main purpose of the same save command, Joe? Uh, for those of you who are just uh, either coming to ChatGPT or just don't know, these technologies have a cut, what we call a context window, which means it only can remember a certain number of what we call tokens, which are just parts of words in a single chat. And it doesn't remember across chats. So this can be very frustrating if you get like really deep into a great flow conversation, you're building stuff and suddenly it like just goes off the rails, starts hallucinating. It's like, no, you got to do this. You got to do this. And it's, you're, you're fighting with it. And that's because it's just essentially ran out of memory. And so because of the way these uh, technologies work, really all they're doing is looking at what has been said before and then predicting whatever the next word's going to be in a series. And again, no research on this, but I'm pretty confident that this works, is if you just have a save function which just says, summarize everything that's done, been done so far, tell me what the next step should be, and what's the question that's going to lead me to that. Again, it's like you're just extending the context because you're just reminding it like, this is where we've come from, this is where we are, this is where we're going. Just to give it a nice little, a little booster, a nice little nudge. It's not perfect, but like I said, I'm building like all these courses in here. I save periodically and I almost have no issues with it, like forgetting what we're trying to be doing. 
And when it is, it's a lot easier to nudge it back on track. So valuable because we are limited in GPT-4 right now by about a 32,000 token context window, about 25,000 words. So maybe 20 pages of text, right? And that's input and output. But to have some of these these skills, these, these prompts that we're developing, I think is going to carry us forward in a very, very positive way when we get to million token context windows. There's some research out there that indicate that could be the reality in three to six months. It's really, really exciting to, you know, think about. Like just to zoom, zoom back or rewind a little bit. So I started this company, Synaptic Labs, with my brother, and we're really focused on the education side of AI. Again, just like Professor Synapse, we want to make this as accessible to everyone as possible. And so the best way to educate people is to educate educators. So one of the major projects we've been working on is in partnership with BSD Education. And we're essentially creating a generative AI for teachers course so that they can learn very quickly what this technology is, how it works, interact with it, and really think about how can I use this responsibly in the classroom to spend more time doing the things I like doing with my students, probably hands-on projects, talking with them, helping some one-on-one teaching time, and spend less time like having to lesson plan or create rubrics for an assignment and all that kind of stuff that just is very draining and time consuming, but perfect for something like ChatGPT. Uh, and then you know, finally, uh, along the lines of responsible AI, helping teachers really think through in this critical state, what is your like personal classroom constitution for the use of AI? Like, how are we defining that in your use and your students' use as responsible versus irresponsible so that you can clearly outline that uh, as part of your culture from the get-go instead of what a lot of people are having to deal with right now, which is, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't even really know how this technology works. Uh, There's no way for me to stop these students from using it. Let's just ban it outright. It's just in panic mode when there's just this great opportunity um, if if we can figure it out to show people how to use it uh, well and to enhance ourselves and make things more equitable versus... You know, we're cheating on every test because that's the only thing I've been told by my teacher that ChatGPT is good for. As time of recording, we're recording in early September. Uh, the course that is titled Supercharge Your Teaching with AI Chatbots for Time-Saving Resource Creation, um, hosted live on the BSD platform. Uh, we developed it, like Joe said, in, uh, in partnership with, with BSD. And you know, it's a three-hour course, very quick and digestible. Um, it's also accredited by the CPD Standards Office, which is an international accreditation body for continuous professional development. So any teacher that is given a certain amount of money to do their uh, annual training hours with, or uh, if you're, you have a requirement to do, uh, you'll get the certificate for those three hours uh, with our course. And we're super proud of it. You know, this is It's very low cost, 50 bucks, but hopefully it has the ultimate uh, reach and benefit, we hope. I'm in a dungeon right now writing eight courses with my brother and another colleague of ours, Omer. We're not going to share the details uh, quite yet, but there is a lot of learning on the horizon, people. A lot of good knowledge to share. Stay tuned, folks. We have some big things coming. We're going to be launching the SynthMinds Discord server um, that is going to have a key component of that will be SynthMind Learning Labs. Those That will be our um, section there where we can come and, and banter together, learn uh, about how to talk to AI, wrestle with uh, complex ideas, also uh, network, post jobs, 
we have a whole bunch of other exciting stuff planned too with uh, different prompt library access and some other special things that we've we've done with um, discord bots to help us stay on top of everything in the the dynamic and fast-paced world of ai i want to thank joe for coming on here joe anything you want to throw in uh, here at the end uh, we're of course going to send out links to everything we discussed about and including the invite to the discord yeah i was going to say the only thing i'll plug is i have my own podcast a chat with chat gpt it is literally just me talking to chat gpt uh, and i've been doing this since the very beginning everyone like probably around like february you know i started doing a podcast a week the olden times uh, the before times uh, and I just try to have interesting conversations with ChatGPT around itself, AI, societal things. And I just started experimenting more creatively. I've turned it into kind of like a D dungeon master. And we're going back and forth and doing like a text-based adventure game. And now we're actually, I'm bringing in my brother and we're going to, we're going to do it together. We're going to campaign together uh, using ChatGPT as our dungeon master. Wow. Thank you so much, my man. And I guess with that for Joe, the professor himself and go to go. We give you a hearty, happy prompting, everybody. As always, you can check out the show notes and links at howtotalkto.ai. That's all for this week's episode. Happy prompting, everyone.